Welcome to Rollin' with Ungayo, a travelogue with weed. Join us every week as intrepid chronosaur Ungayo Bilam talks about life from the road. Every week brings a new city. Every week is a new adventure. Every week three are buses to take, foods to eat, friends to make, ideas to share, and joints to smoke. All that and dessert first. And now, here he is, the globetrotter of ganja, the dank diplomat, the bard of buds, Ungayo Bilam. Alrighty, this is Rolling with Ungayo coming to you time shiftedly. I don't know what the, it's not really live and direct. I guess it, it's direct. Coming to you directly uh, from my living room today in Sacramento, California. Today is the 17th of January, 2017, 17-17, three days before the coup begins. Um, you're listening to Rolling with Ungayo right here on CannabisRadio.com, also on iTunes and Stitcher and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Ungayo Bilam, the Dank Diplomat, I think is what they call me on there. And today's show is brought to you by marijuana <laughs> and the letter M. All right, to business. Dessert first. I had a few delicious desserts. Uh, last week, I had a sweet potato pie from the restaurant South, which was very good. And then this week, uh, I had a really good chocolate chip cookie from this place called Metro in Sacramento. And then we went to it's uh, it's down, down, down. It's dine downtown week here in sacramento so all the restaurants put together these little three course meals that are 35 bucks each the proceeds go to the food bank or some shit like that so we went to this place called aioli which is like a spanish place and had a delicious turnip and cabbage soup and i know that sounds weird but it was so earthy and heartfelt and upscale peasant food it was uh, great and then there were other like the, the chicken was good uh but the desserts were a chocolate mousse which was very good and then an almond cake, which had been soaked in uh, orange water and rose water. And I thought that that was really delicious. It reminded me of a dessert that I used to make back when I had a small independent edibles company, Uncle Oogie's Edibles. We made a uh, olive oil orange zest cake and then a cornbread, which was um, anecdotally good for menstrual cramps apparently is what everybody told me everyone who gets menstrual cramps not like everyone not random dudes were like hey man that shit was great or maybe they were they was like it was great because my old lady's cramps have gone away and i'm feeling much better and that's kind of a sexist thing for me to say but also kind of funny so um that was that and those desserts were very good there was no confusion over to uh what makes a cake it was clearly a cake and it had nice, it was reported, purportedly, purportedly an almond cake. So it had like hints of almond, but really it was like an orange and rose cake. Very Spanish, very moist, very delicious, right? They soaked it in the syrup. You know how they do that sometimes like with tres leches, you pour the condensed milk or whatever into it. It was kind of that sort of deal. Like a uh, uh, tiramisu, right? You take the lady fingers and you soak them in some stuff. So it was kind of like that. It was really, really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Everybody go home and make an almond and orange water cake. All right. Other things that we did this week, since this is a travel log, I traveled to Oakland. Downtown Oakland, for all you Fungo Mungo fans who remember those guys from the Bay Area in 1990 or whatever, and uh, went to the Black Panther exhibit. So it was the 50-year anniversary 
of the Black Panther Party. Uh, those guys get a bum rap a lot of times from a lot of people. As a child of two Black Panthers, uh, I feel that they did a lot of good for the community. Maybe there were some missteps toward the end, but you know you can't be mad at people who are giving food to children and organizing free health clinics in their community. I think we should do more of that um, as Americans, especially in light of the coming uh, selfishness brigade. Uh, we're going to have to to stay on our toes and look out for everyone. So uh, free food, everybody. Give everybody food. Give everybody health care. It's like the least we can do as Americans. And when you when you go to the, the I thought it was a really good exhibit. They do a good job at the Oakland Museum of telling stories. So they had all the stuff, the 10 point plan from the Black Panthers. They had uh, all kind of uh, the old Black Panther newspaper, which came out every week which was great and full of uh, incendiary language. And that's one of the things, you know, when you, uh, when you get to run your own newspaper, you get to choose what language you choose. A lot of times when we see these stories and stuff in the news, uh, it's all very, very passive voice, right? Uh, an officer uh, pulls over a young black man, shots were fired, right? <laughs> the gun went off. It wasn't the officer shot this dude, this unarmed dude. It was like the gun went off, uh, apparently by magic. Uh, the officer's gun, you know, while it was in his hand. Uh, but the uh, the Black Panther headlines were way different. They were like, five racist fascists beat up a 15-year-old black kid. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's plain language. That's plain language. Uh, you can disagree with their uh, decision to call these particular officers racist fascists, but you can see uh, where their heart is coming from. So I can see why people would be turned off by that. But I could also see why people would be like, yeah, maybe it was racist fascists who did that. You know, the state is an interesting thing. Uh, when you look at the COINTELPRO, uh, uh, that's the counterintelligence program that they use to discredit the Black Panther movement and a lot of other uh, social justice movements. And that was from the FBI and Hoover and all those guys. Um so there's there's that. So Oakland was great. Oakland's always great because you get to walk around and smoke weed and nobody cares. And then I went and had barbecue and it was delicious. And I had a sweet potato pie from Everett and Jones Barbecue, too. It was, apparently it's uh, the winter months are the perfect time for sweet potato pie. And their pie was really good. Maybe a little more cinnamon and nutmeg than the pie from South. Uh, but you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with a good sweet potato pie. When you're sitting in Oakland eating barbecue after seeing an exhibit about the Black Panthers. So that's that. I, I suggest everybody look into the Black Panthers. You can follow Elaine Brown, former head of the Black Panther Party. She's on Twitter. And uh, look into it, you guys. It's uh, Especially if you have some misconceptions. A lot of times people are out here trying to be like, oh, the Black Lives Matter is just like the Black Panthers. And they're dangerous and scary and terroristic. And this is not true, right? First of all. Black Lives Matter doesn't carry guns around. The Panthers definitely carry guns around. But here's the deal, man. Back in the 60s and 70s, cops were way more obvious about just beating black people for bullshit. Uh, and so what the Panthers did was they would roll around. They'd follow the police cars around. The police cars would pull somebody over. All the Panthers would just get out, you know, holding their guns, unloaded, but just sitting there. And they would observe the, uh, the proceedings, right? And if the cops stepped out of line, then the Panthers would be there to be like, hey, you're not supposed to act like that. And this is before everybody had pocket cameras and pocket video. So that was that was what we had. You know what I'm saying? And and 
you know, of course it scares authorities, but it goes a long way to reminding people to act right, man. Right. You are supposed to be a servant of the people. If you, if you're a cop, if you're a fireman, uh, I generally have no problem with firemen. They've always been very cool. Uh, if you're a elected official, you're a servant of the people. So the people are supposed to keep an eye on you. That's how it goes. So, all right. So there was that. So I went to Oakland. I kicked it in Oakland, had a good time. The Black Panther exhibit was great. It's there till February. You should go see it. And then I went to this hacker lab, right? Sacramento's got a, a few hacker labs and computery, computery, computeresque, computer type people workspaces. And so they had a meetup in the evening, a couple of evenings. I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday night, last Wednesday night. They had a meetup for people who are interested in, in computers and cannabis or getting into the cannabis industry, blah, 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 blah. And it was pretty interesting and kind of cool. I had a few quibbles. Uh, the first thing was it was a bring your own beer. So here's how they set it up. So they want people to interact and network and socialize. Right. So I get that. But the way they set it up was it was either $5 to get in, or if you brought some beer or some wine to share with everybody, you could get in for free. Right. But my thing is this, this is not a beer or wine event. This is a cannabis event. There are plenty of people in the cannabis industry who don't drink. You understand? There are, uh, matter of fact, there are plenty of people in the cannabis industry who are kind of fundamentally opposed to alcohol, right? They feel that marijuana is a better, safer choice. They've seen firsthand some of the problems that alcohol can cause. And I'm not saying that marijuana doesn't cause its own set of problems, but I'm just saying you hardly ever hear dudes getting uh, super stoned and trying to fight everybody. That's, that's, I'm just putting that out there. Uh, so I kind of had a small quibble with that right away. I don't know about encouraging drinking at a marijuana event, but whatever. So I went and, uh, I had a pretty good time. I thought it was a little more culturally diverse than I expected it to be. There were uh, definitely more than a few people of color and lots of women, which is great. It wasn't just white dudes in sport coats and jeans uh, sitting around trying to pitch you their latest product. There was a good talk from the guy from Aptology who's made some really good apps, especially for delivery services. And I think that's a, a part of the cannabis industry that uh, people may be paying short shrift, short shrift, not paying as much attention to, right? Like everybody wants to be a grower. Everybody wants to open a club, but there are other things, right? All these delivery services need apps, right? All these new farms and all these new uh, marijuana clubs are going to need websites and apps and things like that. So I thought that was worthwhile for everybody to just sit around and talk about that. Nobody really had any ideas, at least none that they were willing to share with me. I, that was always my question it was like, Hey, what's, so what's the hot new trend? What's the hot new trend in computers and weed? And nobody had a, like, Oh, I got a new game or I got a thing that's going to revolutionize the delivery industry, like Duber or something, right? Peer to peer. You can't really do peer to peer marijuana sales. That's against most of the laws. You can give people weed, which is great, but you can't sell it. So listen, sell the bag, the little plastic baggie. I think I've said this before. The little plastic baggie is $20, but the gram weed that's in it is free. So that's how we go. So, all right, we're going to come back and talk about a few more things right here on Rolling with Ungayo. Rolling with Ungayo needs to roll some commercials from our sponsors. So stay right here. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, 
puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's EQUIO.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Rolling with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome. And we are back. We are back. Uh, used to be in a band called Mob of Slack. I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of made that part up. Well, I mean, I was in a band called Most Chill Slack Mob. Anyway, you know, you can't always write a parody just off the top of your head. I just woke up, you guys. I'm full of coffee, but not breakfast. Okay, we were discussing this meetup, and it was cool, and they had a couple speakers, which all had a couple interesting things to say. But I did have one quibble with one guy who was uh, putting himself across as a bit of an expert in the cannabis industry. Uh, However... Uh, continued discussion turns out he'd really only been working in weed for about a year maybe you can't be an expert in the cannabis industry after one year hey listen maybe you can maybe you're a quick learner i mean he had some interesting things to say i i disagreed with a few of his points but this is uh what does it take what does it take to be an expert right is it ten thousand hours Right. This is the question. Like I've been a cannabis activist for almost 30 years. I've been learning about weed and reading about weed and hanging out with weed connoisseurs and smokers and policymakers and growers and farmers and marketing people for years and years and years. And I wouldn't consider myself an expert. And somebody called me an expert in print one time and it kind of freaked me out. Right. So can you be an expert in a year? Like, I've been a comic for 28 years. Am I an expert? I don't know. I'm really, really good. But expertise, that's one of those things, right? So I would just caution people, especially if you're new to the cannabis industry, to just pay attention. And don't – I'm not saying don't blow your own horn, but I'm saying words 
are important. Word choice matters. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, try to be honest with yourself. It's hard. It's hard for us to do. Listen, I'm full of delusions, which has enabled me to be self-employed for almost 25 years. <laughs> right? But, you know, gentle delusions are completely different than being deluded, I think. It's for you to figure out for yourself. There ends the lesson. Okay, some other things that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, we were discussing terpenes. That was one of the things we were talking about at the meetup, right? Because there's a guy who's really getting into it. Uh, he was, he's, uh, he teaches at one of the local, uh, universities out here and he came, comes from a foodie background, but he's been getting into like the ritual of marijuana, right. And how people experience weed in the same way people experience food, right. It's not always just eating. I mean, in America, a lot of times we just, you're just supposed to wolf down your food and go, but you know, when you go to a nice restaurant or you make a nice meal, you sit, you savor the flavors, you have some conversation, you do some things. And we were talking about that. And that's one of the things that I really like about marijuana. And like I said, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, because how many shows have we done? Six, seven, whatever. They all blend together. It's all part of the organic whole. But one of the things that I like about weed is I like the ritual. I like the, the grinding of the weed, the sitting around, the standing in a circle, right? Circle implies equality, nights of the round table circle jerk all the things to do <laughs> circular flying squad all those positive connotations with the circle <laughs> no but in general the circle implies equality right everybody stands around and what i like about weed sometimes is when more people show up they don't sometimes you create a couple different circles but usually the circle just gets bigger and you just get a bigger and bigger weed smoking circle man and that's just it's just cool that's all. I just like it. It's very uh, egalitarian. And I love all the different flavors of weed. But somebody had asked me a question the other day about how much weed is too much weed. And once again, that's one of those things like you kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Like, are all your bills paid? You put a little money in your savings account. Are you spending a lot of money on weed? You know, how's your kitchen look? Is it relatively clean? Did your garbage go out? Did you remember to pay those bills? Right. Are you spending time with your kids? Stoned or not? I don't know. Some people say uh, you shouldn't get stoned around you. It, it depends on the kid. I don't know. It depends on you. Don't don't ever be unsafe. Is my point. But listen, if you're taking them to the movies, man, what are you gonna do? That's why you send them to get the tickets first. Uh, and I'm sure. Uh, listen, when I was a kid, my dad would just straight smoke a joint in the car. We'd be going to the movies or something. We'd be pulling out, and he'd just be like, "All right." Everybody be cool when we go inside. Right? It wasn't even like he didn't even care. Uh, I'm a little more discreet. Like my kids know I smoke weed. I show up smelling like weed every once in a while, but I'm not just like smoking weed around them. One, they can't stand the smell of weed. So I try to be respectful of them. Uh, uh, and two, you know, fuck, it's, it's my thing. Like I, I say sometimes I'll smoke weed around children, but not tobacco because I don't want them to uh, learn any bad habits from me. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know what I'm saying, but uh, that's you can figure it out. You can infer. Can you deduce? Can you use context clues to get to that? Right? I'm not speaking French, but I am kind of. I think there was a sativa in this joint I just smoked because I, I'm walking around my house right now, <laughs> and I halfway want to wash the dishes. I got to start labeling these weeds, man. Do you do that? Let me ask you that. Send me a send me a thing. N G A I O four two zero. Because it turns out 
that is a cat who's a bit of a connoisseur, I have a lot of different marijuanas. And sometimes it's hard for me to keep them labeled or organized. You know, um, I got a drawer and it's got a bunch of stuff in it. And I try to keep it dark and cool and the humidity correct. But I often, if you just write a label on the plastic baggie or the cup with a, with a Sharpie, it kind of rubs off. You use a sticker. Right, that gets expensive. How do you guys do it? What do you guys? All you guys who have say more than four strains of weed on you right now, and I say guys as a generic. All you people, all you good listeners of the Roller with Guile podcast who have more than four strains and maybe some shatters. How do you do it? Do you use a stash box? Do you have your own little thing? You just have like a fanny pack. What's your thing? You got a, a cigar box? You carry around a briefcase? It's handcuffed to your wrist <laughs> what do you do i really i really really want to know because i think that's important for all of us you know we can share together each one teach one as it goes uh when i travel i usually just have uh what i call a flight bag and it's got a few jars of this a few jars of that some empty jars in case you want to trade with somebody right uh, I learned that as a traveler. You can bring some empty jars because how many times somebody you're at a festival and somebody wants to hand you some weed, you're like, oh, I don't have anything to put it in. And since I'm trying to quit smoking, I can't just pull off the little plastic thing from the outside of my cigarette wrapper or the outside of the cigarette pack. You know what I'm talking about? Right? And you pull that off. That's some MacGyverism. And you pull that off and then you, uh, then you put that little nug in there. Uh, so you can't do that anymore. So you bring an empty, an empty jar or two and a pen so you can write what the flavor is because i i used to be able to remember but now you know you go to the emerald cup man and it's just uh it's a swap meet in a great way and so you know you hand the guy this he hands you that some other woman's got some of this you hand her some things it's fantastic you guys need to do more of that come out to california or oregon or washington and we'll hit some of these farmers markets, some of these secret farmers markets, and we'll, uh, we'll all have a good time. So that's it. Oh, I, I wanted to make one more point about terpenes. My thing about terpenes, I don't even know if we got into it. We didn't even get into it, you guys. We started rambling about something else. Here's the thing. They found out that different terpenes have different effects, right? Like uh, uh, pinene acts one way. Myrcene has a uh, other effects, right? Mercy, you find that a lot in the Kush. It's known for the couch lock and being kind of sedating. Uh, when you think of uh, uh, limonene, which you find in the things that smell like lemon and shit, uh, the elevated mood, stress relief. And I just think it's cool. I think it's more proof that marijuana loves us, right? When you think about it, because the way it smells is the way it's going to affect you. And so before any of these other tests, before any of these scientists knew it, your nose, the human person, your nose knew it. You smell that way, you'd be like, ah, that's the one I like. That makes me feel the way that I like. Because weed is great. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more right here on Rolling with Ungayo. Peace. Rolling with Ungayo needs to roll some commercials from our sponsors. So stay right here. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. 
It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants? <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents The Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannivation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold, California Kush, our strains stretch everywhere too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Rolling with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome. All right, we're back. Rolling with Ungayo right here on CannabisRadio.com. I'd like to thank some of my Cannabis Radio homies, Vivian McPeak. Radical Russ, Stoner Jesus, all those guys. Listen to all the other podcasts, everybody. Listen to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, your mom's house, wherever you can find it. Put it on a cassette tape and leave it in a coffee shop for some random hipster to find. I'll be like, what the hell is a podcast doing? You know, I used to drive around in the 1975, 1979, Brougham de Elegance, uh, four-door Cadillac with an eight-track player in it. Uh, but I had my grandfather's old eight track component right so i could actually make modern day mixtapes on eight tracks and uh so i used to bump around like that back when i was a younger stonier g now i'm an older g i just sit around and uh listen to spotify like like i'm trying to stay modern so we were talking about terpenes uh leafly has got a good thing on it uh you know leafly.com l-e-a-f-l-y.com uh they have a really good list if you're trying to learn the terpenes and what effects they may have. Remember that everybody's, everyone's body is different. Marijuana attack, uh, attacks. Marijuana has different effects for different people. Two people can smoke the same weed and feel two completely different ways. But they've done some studies, <clears throat> and they found things like if you think about uh, linalool, right, which smells like 
candy and flowers and citrus, according to these guys. You can find it in Amnesia Haze and Lavender and L.A. Confidential and G13. Uh, it seems to be an anti-anxiety. It's got some antidepressant moves, and uh, uh, maybe it shows a little bit of promise as an anti-convulsant. You know? And that's one of those things. And that was another thing. I met a guy at the meetups, and he was super interested in terpenes. And uh, I asked him if he was interested in them as a way to, you know, synthesize them, right? Because that's always the thing is cats always want to uh, synthesize different chemicals in the cannabis plant, synthesize THC, synthesize CBD, because, you know, if it's just a plant, you can't charge people pharmaceutical money for it. But if you can synthesize some linalool and it has the same effects, then, you know, oh, it's a pill, Right. Ask your doctor if Mercilinolul is right for you. Side effects include giggling and sleep, uh, which would be great, I guess. But one of the things about weed is the entourage effect, right? So you don't get it from just the linalool or just the pinene or, or just the THC or just the CBD. It's all those things working together, working in concert that help to create uh, well-being and things like that. All right. So there's that so we discussed a lot today thank you for listening uh you can see me february 17th at the international cannabis business conference in san francisco february 28th down or not february uh january 28th listen it's a non-chronological timeline because time is an illusion and it's all one we're on a disc uh january 28th in santa Ana for the uh medicinal mike boris weed wrestling spectacular thing and then february 17th at the international cannabis business conference and then i think i may head up to the moisture festival in seattle but i'm not sure yet but you can see me march 23rd through the 25th at jokers in richland washington or kennewick one of those towns the tri-cities not pasco i know it's not in pasco i think it's in richland but you can find it jokers comedy club out there i'll be there for three days and then other spots follow me on the twitter ngaio420 also on the instagram at the same thing and if you want to send an email ngaio420 at yahoo.com i'd like to thank my homies at chameleonglass.com for hooking me up if you use ngaio420 in the uh, code box you get 10 percent off all right as always zach is a great engineer producer cannabisradio.com is where you go we'll see you guys next week right here on rolling with some guys Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.